0: Welcome to the third episode of Off Be Grad. This week, you're going to hear me talk to myself, which is always exciting. And basically, I do it anyway, so at least other people can listen now. Not that anyone cared. But anyway, today, I think I'm just going to answer some FAQ questions. I had an Instagram post recently where I asked you guys what questions you had about blogging, freelancing, basically just starting your own business. And I'm going to talk about those today to myself in this room. So that'll be cool. I'm just going to jump right into it because I know nobody cares about my intro. So Casey asks if I got discouraged in the beginning. Yes. (laughs) The answer is yes. I think a lot of people easily get discouraged in the beginning, especially when you're blogging, because nobody will read your blog at first. And it's sort of awkward to just post stuff into cyberspace and not really know if anyone cares or if anyone's reading it except like except like (laughs) your mom. So that's a little awkward. I get it. Um, I started to pick up my blogging within like three months. I think I landed some of my first sponsored posts, even though they were very small. I was still excited because that was some good validation. So blogging is a numbers game. Like no one's going to read your blog at first. That's pretty normal. If you're only getting like 10 views. It's, it's sad, but it's normal. Uh, just hang in there. Keep promoting it. Keep reading from other blogs. Keep learning from what you're doing and what's working and what isn't. And that's all you can do. It is discouraging, but remember that no one has any kind of overnight success. Like, that's super rare. So I wouldn't think it's weird if you're not having a lot of success immediately. Next, Cameron asks, how do you effectively turn blogging from a hobby into a money-making job? This is a pretty big question and it's easier than you think. Basically, you think I have a blog and it's my business. Done, we did it, now it's a business. You don't need to do anything special, just start thinking of it as your business. Treat it like it's your business, take it really seriously, but not too seriously, because that's weird, but uh, take it pretty seriously, start pursuing brand sponsorships, start looking into ways to monetize. Basically, as soon as you get your first check blogging, it's already your business. Even before that, as soon as you're spending money on something seriously, in with the intention of making money with it, you are making money with it. So that's your job. Even if you're not making a ton of money with it, you can treat it like a business. And that's what's going to separate like hobby bloggers from the really serious bloggers. So the more you know. Lexi asks, do you have a routine or ritual that you do before you add a new blog post? Me personally, no, because I suck at consistency. Um, I am a writer and I write when I feel like it. I write constantly for freelance clients, so I literally write at least 5,000 words a day just for them, so it sort of takes a bit more out of me to write for myself. Um, As a blogger, I try to post at least once a week. I definitely have not done that in the past, and sometimes I've done more than that in the past. That's basically it. I think it can help to have a routine or have some kind of goal. Like, I'm going to post at least four times this month. I'm going to post... Twice a week, something like that. But just make it realistic. The kind of rituals I have, I don't really have any, basically. (laughs) Um, I sometimes have thoughts floating in my head a couple weeks before I do blog posts about what I want to do, and I will just make those into blogs if they actually sound like good ideas and aren't lame. I don't have any, like, special tea or, like, anything. I don't do, like, the rain dance before I write or anything. Nope. Uh, I think that's just part of being a writer, is knowing how to show up and write every day. Even if you don't want to, I definitely don't always want to. Well, that got depressing. Okay, Mackenzie asks, how do you create a great Instagram theme? I am really trying with Instagram. It is fighting me. I do not like it. (laughs) I'm over Instagram. Like, it makes me so frustrated every time I look at it. I'm, like, trying everything and not seeing much growth. But I do think I finally figured out an Instagram theme. I have worked so hard at this, so hopefully it doesn't suck. Like, you can go look at it at SamanthaBility on Instagram. Like, I'm out here trying. Anyway, for a great Instagram theme, I don't think you need to take it too seriously. Like, sometimes it's a little strange to look at someone's feed, and it's obvious that they literally dedicated their, like, firstborn child to making sure every picture is completely perfect like it features the same shade of purple or like they're wearing a certain outfit a certain way like not to make fun of them but I'm sort of making fun of them it's a little too much in my opinion I think the easiest way to make a good theme is to just edit your photos a similar way every time like try to take good photos I am out here shouting out the (laughs) the apple (laughs) iphone Portrait mode, it has changed my life. Like, I have a DSLR camera, and this does not do it for me. For some reason, carrying that bulky thing around is not going to happen. It's not going to happen, so I'm just going to use my iPhone because I'm lazy. And that portrait mode makes me into like a supermodel like if you know me i am so awkward in photos i don't know what to do with my hands i don't know what to do with my face i hate how squinty my eyes look sometimes when i smile or like so much as move like it is so hard for me to take good photos but that portrait mode let me tell you anyway <laughs> just edit your photos the same way i use lightroom but you can also use color story or visco cam both of those are great And Just basically get consistent. You can even make presets so that every time you take a photo It looks great when you use the same preset. It'll look all cohesive Just make sure you're taking good photos keys to doing that is always take photos in natural light Like I don't care how good your camera is do not take your photos at night or in a dark room Just wait for the lighting to be better. You will be thankful also just learn how to take better photos like I am not a camera taking pro camera taking mm, sounds like a thief I'm not a photography pro so I'm not out here giving you pro photography tips I'm just telling you learn a little bit about the rule of thirds learn how to edit somewhat decently like you don't have to be a photoshop guru over here but like just learn the basics of editing how to not overdo it and learn about natural lighting the end next Sierra asks What would you say are some of the most important things to do first when starting a blog? Oh my gosh, I just did a blog post on this, so go read that. But basically, I said install Yoast SEO so you can get started with SEO right away. Write a privacy policy so you don't get sued. And just start building a network. Like, you don't have to go all out with your marketing plan right out of the gate there. But definitely start focusing on it. I would say only focus on one or two social medias at a time. Like right now, I'm only focusing on Instagram because I'm in Pinterest. I'm always on Pinterest. Everyone needs to be on Pinterest. I'm going to do a whole episode where I just yell at you about Pinterest. Anyway, just um, be on one or two social media networks. Don't go too crazy with it because you'll start to lose sight of things. Like you'll notice I'm never on Twitter um, or Facebook or any of those. Uh, they're dying and I don't care about them. But anyway, just don't overwhelm yourself be consistent, be the girl who shows up, just start getting your posts out. The most important thing you can do is start building your content, start showing that you know how to write great content and that you know how to blog consistently. That's it. Charlotte asks, how do I start getting sponsorships? Oh my gosh, it's like she read my mind. I did a blog post on this literally yesterday where I told you all about how to get sponsorships, but basically you need to have an audience. It doesn't have to be a big audience, just any audience other than your mom a clear audience. Like for my blog, I speak to young women with certain interests. So usually their interests are like college, lifestyle, like making your own business, these kind of interests. So then brands who are looking to speak to that audience, like young women between the ages of 18 and 24, who are also interested in those things would reach out to me. The easiest way to get started with sponsorships is through a network. My favorites are like IZEA, Influencer Collective, These are pretty easy to get started with as long as your blog is, I think, like at least three months old. Sometimes it's six, but some of them start at three. Then they will reach out to you when there are network options with certain brands, and that's the easiest way to get started. Like, you don't need a ton of page views. You don't need a huge amount of followers on social media as long as you have an audience and you're writing great content. So definitely to start, keep writing great content, keep building your audience, get involved with networks. Cool. We got it. Now, Living in Full Bloom asks, how do you reach out to brands to work together? Oh my god, that's the same question. I don't really (laughs) reach out to brands usually because pitches are awkward and I'm just not here for that. Like, I'm focused on pitching for freelance writing, which is a little bit different, so I don't really talk to brands. But if you're going to, try to build a relationship on social media. It's way easier to approach them if they already sort of know who you are. You can do that by like tagging them in your photos or um, even just messaging them or tagging them whenever you feature them in a post. And you can also just send an email, like stalk this company on LinkedIn, like really know what you're talking about. Find the right contact. You shouldn't just email blindly. You should email like a PR person. Sometimes they have like an outreach person or someone who's in charge of influencer marketing. If you can't find anyone, find a marketing rep, contact them, give them pitch ideas, Focus on what you can do for them, not what they can do for you. Don't be like, hey, I want to work with you because I love getting free stuff. No, don't do that. They will throw your email in the trash and it will be embarrassing. Um, There's actually been people on Twitter, like brands, who will call out bloggers who do this, which I think is in bad taste, but this isn't to talk about that. So definitely just be considerate. Talk about what you can do for them. Things like, hey, I have this great post idea. I would love to feature your brand. I talk to this audience and usually... We get this much engagement, and I promote it on this platform, and it does super well. Great. Give them stats, give them your media kit. They might just want to partner with you. Like some brands are actively searching for new blogs. So if you have a really great fit, it might be perfect. You can also search, like in Google, go to Google, search like Nike sponsored by, and then you'll see if they're currently working with other bloggers, and then you might know that they already have a campaign they're working on, so you can go ahead and email them. If you search them and there's, like, nothing that comes up, maybe they're not open to working with bloggers. You could still try, but I just wouldn't go in with that open of a mind, and that's how I feel about that. Samantha asks, what does she ask? Oh, she asks, um, how do you find inspiration to make every blog post meaningful? Uh, she thinks so highly of my blog posts and think they're actually meaningful because they're probably not. But (laughs) at least my recent ones are. I definitely have had some duds. But to make them meaningful, I just look at the blog posts I've done in the past, which ones do the best and which ones suck. Like some of them I think are gonna be great. I will hit that publish button and it will just be like crickets for years. And that's awkward, but that's just a part of blogging. Um, You will have some posts that will do so well and you will know... This is what I need to talk more about. This is what my audience wants to read. Basically, milk that content cow. Like, (laughs) imagine content being a cow. You need to milk it. Like, if you find something that works, keep doing it. There's no reason you have to talk about all kinds of different things all the time. If you did a post on, like, your summer wardrobe and it went viral and you know your audience is so interested in learning more about your summer wardrobe, like, milk that for what it's worth. There are no rules. Do what works. So... That's where most of my inspiration comes from is knowing my posts that do best and then trying to expand on those or finding related topics. Next. Uh, Bree asks how I got started. I basically got started because I wanted to make a portfolio for all my writing because I'm an English major and I felt like I needed a portfolio, which I still think is true. And I started the blog to post um, just articles that I was writing for fun to apply for freelance writing jobs because I started looking into that because I worked all these crappy part-time jobs in college. I worked two jobs. At one point, I worked three jobs. I was trying to just... I paid for all my own expenses in college, so I was trying to survive (laughs) and eat every day. So I was trying to work that I hated my part-time jobs. Like, retail is not for me. No, thank you. And since I was working around my college schedule, I just needed something really flexible, and I knew freelance writing was a cool option, and weirdly enough, I did not do much freelance writing. Actually, I did, but not, like, a ton. I do more now, and I got so into freelance writing, and it just, like, gatewayed into blogging, and I just sort of hit college blogging just before it became, like, a big thing like it is today. There were not many other people doing it, so it really took off from there, and I just, it was a luck, honestly, but I haven't looked back stints. Hannah asks, what are your best blogging tips? to become successful, oh my god, there's so many, my biggest tip is Pinterest, I've said it once, I'll say it twice, I'll say it 15 times, Pinterest is your best friend, (laughs) that is how all of my posts go viral, that is how I make money, that is where the bulk of my traffic comes from, like 90% or something like that, so be on Pinterest, be really active on Pinterest, get rich pins, um, make a business account, learn how to read analytics on Pinterest and on your website. And see what works and milk that content cow. As I've said, like the more content you have that's high quality, the more likely you're going to see great um, increases in your traffic. Not that traffic is the only definition of success, but for that, this point, we say it is. That wasn't a sentence. <laughs> for this, we will say that traffic is important. Um, for monetization, I would say just find a really good audience. Like It really depends on your niche If you are trying to talk to a very small group of people and there aren't very many ways for brands to work with them, you're not going to have as much success as someone who's working in, like, a college field or someone who's working in fashion. Not to say that you should choose those because they're pretty oversaturated now, but just an example. Like, there are a lot of brands you can work with in those categories, so you're going to have more chances to work with brands, more chances to monetize. Just something to think about. (laughs) Okay. Mm, a lot of repeat questions. I'm scrolling through my feed as I type this, like I clearly do not prepare. Ah, okay. Melissa asks, is a content schedule helpful even in the beginning and whether I have one? As I said before, no, I do not have one, (laughs) but it is definitely helpful. I would make one on Trello. I made a few there before. I just suck and I can't keep up with things. But Trello is a great tool for content management, and I used it at my job, and I still use it now for other things. Um, You can basically do all these different colored tabs and just keep track of certain topics, deadlines, stuff like that, and it also hooks up with Dropbox and Google Drive. This is not sponsored by Trello. I don't know why I'm going off on this. Anyway, uh, yes, I think a content schedule is great. It doesn't have to be that strict. I would even suggest that it's not that strict, especially in the beginning when you're not really sure how you're going to be as a blogger, like maybe you aren't 100% certain of your niche and you want to try new things. Maybe you're not 100% sure how much time you can devote to blogging. So start somewhere. I think a great place to start is one post a week and then go from there. If you have a really empty week, there's no rules that you have to stick to the schedule. Some people try to post like every Monday, every Tuesday, whatever. I don't think any viewers really are that closely looking at your blog, like sitting there on Monday, like refreshing their page, like where is it? No, I don't think many people are doing that, at least when you're new. So you can get away with being pretty flexible, but having some kind of schedule, like I want to post every week, something like that could keep you accountable, especially in the beginning. How do you prevent blogging from ever feeling like a chore? I don't. Um, Blogging sometimes does feel like a chore. Any kind of job that you do every day is going to start to feel like a chore. Anything you force yourself to do, anything that You can't really just stop forever. Well, you could, but uh, I wouldn't get any more checks, so that wouldn't be a good idea. Um, It does feel like a chore. I think thinking of it as a job and remembering what makes me love vlogging is what keeps me coming back and again and again. I took a several-month break when I was working my job, my real-world job, because I was so busy with that and freelancing. Like It felt like I had too much on my plate, and blogging just sort of got pushed aside. Taking that big break has made it so much easier to throw myself into it now. Um, I think it's okay to take a break if you feel burnt out. The best part about blogging is there's so much you can focus on. Like, if you've been blogging for more than a few weeks, you already know it's about way more than writing. Like, blogging and writing is just a tiny part of it. If you want to market your blog, that's a big thing you could do. You could spend a lot of time on Pinterest and Instagram growing those accounts. That's a whole new skill. You can focus on photography, taking better photos for your blog. You can just go back in and edit your old blog posts. Like, sometimes after a few weeks, you'll go back in and you'll notice things. You'll be like, I should have added this, or I could actually talk about this in this post too, or I want to add new pictures to this, like that kind of stuff. Make new graphics, graphic design. Stuff like that is a good way to spruce it up so you stop getting bored. Like, I don't spend that much time writing my posts. I spend much more time doing everything else, which makes it easier to write those posts when it comes time to do that. So just switch it up. If you need to take a break, there's nothing wrong with that. Just try to keep yourself accountable. Marta asked, how do you monetize your work? There are a few different ways the bloggers will monetize. I found a lot of new people are confused about this, which I get, because like it's not really something a lot of bloggers talk about. Money is something that we keep a little bit quiet, which I think should change. Um, the more open we are about how much we're getting paid and what we're doing to get paid, the more likely we'll be able to be trade trade <laughs> paid fairly in the future. So we just need to be open about that. There are a few different ways that bloggers can monetize. One of the most popular, well-known, is through sponsorships by working with brands, whether that's on social media or on a blog post. Um, I've worked with a lot of brands. I love sponsorships when it's a really great brand. Another way is through affiliate marketing. This is basically when you feature a link on your website and you'll get a percentage of that sale like through commission. There are a lot of different like organizations that'll do this. Amazon Associates is the most well-known one, which is through Amazon. And I use them a lot, but you're only going to get a tiny little percent. It's like so small, like pennies. So I don't really consider that a big source of income unless you have a really good deal with a brand where you're getting a very big kickback from that sale or you're promoting like a really big product like technology or something. That's where the money is. Um, (laughs) So I don't really care about affiliate sales that much. I feel like a lot of bloggers don't really push it as much as other things, but it, it depends on your niche yet again. Another way is through ads. If you've ever been to my blog, you'll notice I have ads. Um, I used to have ads through Google AdSense, which made me no money. I definitely don't recommend Google AdSense unless you're getting a ton of traffic, and even then, there are a lot of bigger and better bla- uh, blag, huh. <laughs> a better um, ad networks. I work with MediaVine, and they're so great to work with. Like they're so helpful. You can customize everything. So I really like MediaVine, but you need at least twenty thousand page views a month to get in through them, but they pay really well, so that's a great source of passive income. But you should definitely keep from having ads on your blog in the first few months, even up to a year, because people are just getting used to your blog. And if you're a new blogger, that can scare a lot of people away. And even now, as an experienced blogger, I'm always trying to change the the way that ads appear on my website to make sure it's still user-friendly and that they don't completely get in the way. So I'm still working on that. It's an ongoing thing, but right now it's working for me. It's some good passive income. And then finally, the other most common way is through products or services. A lot of bloggers make their own products or they sell their own services, stuff like that. You can make courses, ebooks, books um, downloads, make physical products like t-shirts, hats, whatever, all that stuff. You can start making a percentage of that. Um, it can be harder as a new blogger to make money doing that since you don't really have an audience, but that's not to say you can't. But it's something to keep in mind. Like, maybe you can start thinking of ideas now for things to sell in the future. And that's that. Those are the main four ways. There are obviously other ways, but I think those are the most common ways. And Caitlin asks, how did you initially attract sponsors and ad spaces in your website? Well, as I said, for ad spaces, I go through Mediavine, so they do that. Um, But how I initially attracted sponsors is just having a really good audience. Like, I niche down. The more you can niche down, the more likely you're going to get great sponsors for your blog that are a good fit. Like, if you can't really define who your audience is, you're like, oh, it's young women. Like, that's too vague. You need to be really clear. My audience is women between 18 and 22 who are interested in lifestyle, college life, and post-grad careers. Like, that's a really specific thing. I can see that person in my mind. I know who she is. She's me. But she's also a lot of girls like me. And that's someone that brands want to talk to. So if your audience is really, really vague, it's like millennials or um, parents, like that's really vague. You need to tie that down. You need to figure out who it is you're talking to and that's how you're going to attract brands. Also just having quality content, like brands want to work with creators who know how to make great content because that's going to show off their products, their services. Like if you're taking horrible Instagram photos or if your blog posts are like 200 words and you clearly don't know how to type correctly. No one's going to want to work with that because it's just going to be messy and no one has time for that. And that was unnecessarily harsh, but it's true. Julia asks, uh, well, she basically says, how do you gain more followers? I feel like if I start a blog, I need to have more followers than I do right now because it wouldn't make sense to run a blog that no one knows about. True point, I get what she's saying, but on the other hand, I'm going to say, start that blog, you don't need a ton of followers. I had literally no one uh, when I started and I built it organically. I think most bloggers do. Very few of them go in with like these huge followings when they start and I think that is just fine. It is fine to build as you go. Plus having a blog will help you attract more followers on things like Instagram and Twitter, Pinterest. You know how I feel about Pinterest. So starting on those... It's fine, and you might be able to get a lot of blog readers through Instagram, Pinterest, whatever. But it can work both ways, so I don't think there's any limits or, like, any rules of, like, I need 500 followers on Instagram before I can start my blog. Like, maybe. You could. There's no harm to waiting, but there's no reason to wait either. So, there's that. Um, Laura asked, how do you know what platform to pick for blogging, like, Tumblr, Blogler, Instagram, others? Uh, WordPress. Paid WordPress. That's what you pick for blogging. Um, You can choose other things. I don't think it's the best option um, other than maybe Squarespace. But having a paid domain means you own your own content. And it means you can monetize your work and you're legally entitled to it. So that's the best thing to do. You can blog on Instagram, Tumblr, whatever. But those platforms will own all of your content. They'll own all of your followers. And if anything ever happened to them, you would lose everything. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I definitely recommend just splurging for that Pay domain, it is not expensive, a lot of people make the mistake of thinking it's really complicated, it's really expensive, and it's just not, like, you can buy a domain name for as little as $10 a year, um, I pay less than $15 a month for my hosting, and I have several domains hosted on one, um, account, so that's obviously more the premium spectrum, you could definitely do something more affordable, and it's not as expensive, it's not very complicated to set up, I swear anyone can do it, so that's how I feel about that. And finally, Amy asks, what is the best way to monetize your blog? Is it through advertising, affiliate marketing, or a combination of other ways? It's whatever works best for your blog. <laughs> I think every blog has a different way to monetize that works better for them. I've gone through periods of my blog where I have five sponsored posts at a time just in the queue. And in Those moments, sponsorship is the best way, and that's just that. But at other times, it's a product, or at other times, it's an affiliate sale, like a certain affiliate link. There's no way to really guess. I would suggest just trying a few things out and seeing what works best with your blog. I think the easiest way to get started with, legitimately as a new blogger, is through a network working on a sponsorship. Like, advertising and affiliate marketing might work better down the road, but you need a bit of a larger audience for that. If you're not getting very many page views, those affiliate links aren't gonna really be worth the effort. Instead, focus on connecting with a good brand, landing a sponsorship. That's gonna end up paying off more in the short term, and then you can start building from there. Great! So that's it for this episode. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed me talking to myself. I've really enjoyed answering your questions. If you have a question about anything else that I didn't get to talk about today, go ahead and email me at hello at offbeatgrad.com. I'll answer you directly or you can DM me or I'll talk about it on the show. Please like, why do I keep saying like? You can't like this. Please review, rate, subscribe, all those good things. It really helps. Um, I like to see people listening. I would love to hear what you think or if you hate it or if I should do something else with my time. Probably won't. (laughs) I like hearing myself speak. So that's that. Talk to you later, bye.